I would say we're all at different parts of the journey and this is a lifelong journey. There's, there's no, you know, there's no destination. There's no end game to this. We're always going to be learning. And I think, I think just being there for yourself on, you know, like days where you're more confident, but also days when you're, you know, struggling a little more i think equally showing up for yourself and being your best your own best friend on your you know you know, like on the days you're struggling and your better days like if you can do that on both of those you know like days yeah. like you know I, I think that's just the most important thing because you're no less of a person when you're having a day where you're struggling and you're no better of a person when you're having a day when you're confident you're the same like awesome person just experiencing different emotions and i think if you can just be your you know just be your best friend and love yourself for how you sound and how you are i think that's like the most important thing that you can always do and keep asking yourself every day you know how am i talking to myself how, what is, you know, what is the relationship with myself like? And I think that's one thing you always have control over. Lethal Jill. Yeah, it's a little, um, a little exhausted. Yeah, like a little exhausting at the moment, but it's going, it's going good in the grand scheme of things. What about you? As all caught here again, um, as in how is all like the coronavirus over like in New Zealand? <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's getting better. Um, like we can go out to restaurants and, you know, bars and stuff. And, uh, but, um, there's still some rules for, you know, kind of, you know, like parts of the country, but, um, it's pretty laid back compared to the rest of the world. Yeah, for sure. Like, and like in Ireland, and we're like, we're slowly cutting back to, to like to normal now, but and it's still going to be like a cop like a month oh yeah and uh, how long uh, y- 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 did it get uh, you know really bad in Ireland for a while I'd say from the end of March to the start of July I'd say because like everywhere closed like pubs restaurants and like hotels everything yeah that's the same yeah about the same time as us too yeah um suppose and the first question is um and for people who don't know just talk a bit about who you are and what you do um so i um i'm a filmmaker uh and um i also make uh, commercials too um um my name is obviously uh cody packer and 
I, I'm a proud person that stutters. Um, and um, I'm from New Zealand. I live in Los Angeles. And um, yeah, I mean, I have dreams of becoming a filmmaker. Um, I'm a director. Uh, so, um, and I'm uh, looking to make my first film uh, at the start of uh, next year, hopefully, depending on how, you know, like how the COVID situation kind of goes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously I've, uh, you know, released a few commercials, you know, like this year, you know, including a PSA for Stuttering Awareness Week called First Day. Uh, and uh, that was based on uh, uh, personal experiences, yeah. And like, and what's it like to be like a filmmaker? It's like to be a filmmaker. Um, it's really cool. I mean, I love it. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, like everything, it comes with its challenges. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of it is c c communication. Um, so trying to find out, uh, find you know, you know, like the most effective way to be a good communicator and I'm you know trying to learn to be okay with doing that without having to be uh, fluent at all and I think um, I think that's really important for me that I don't associate good communication with uh, fluency um, yeah I think that's really important for me after uh, like and I'll cause you to be like a, a filmmaker um, I kind of just, um, I kind of just picked up my parents camcorder and just started making movies in the backyard with my friend. Um, we started f filming ourselves playing, uh, uh, cricket. And then we came up with like s stories with us playing games of cricket. And then just, it was kind of cheesy really, but then we just like started editing it together and, I discovered about, you know, like the magic behind how to make a small movie. And then my, um, my college that I was going to at the time, some of the teachers started up a film club where we wrote a film together, um, you know, each year. And we slowly uh, put it together over the school year, you know, like outside of school. Yeah. Um, so I kind of got to learn to play around with like how to use a camera, how to use lights. And um, it was really cool. So that's kind of what got me into it. And did you always want to be like a filmmaker? Um, to be honest, when I was re really young, I kind of just wanted to um, play sports like cricket or yeah. soccer or rugby. Um, but then I kind of grew into filmmaking. And um, yeah, it just kind of like stuck. I really like telling stories. I like uh, uh, telling stories about the human experience and how that looks different for uh, certain uh, people. And my dream is to make a film that I've written already about me growing up with a stutter. And I think that's really important that that gets put to the screen um, because there's not many films about stuttering. And, like, and just in relation to like your short movie and like the um, first day, and what yeah. steps did you take at that night? And like to portray in the correct kind of um, 
a message like around like the topic like of stuttering? Um, I work for um, I, I I work for a lot of organizations in America, like hey, um, I'm a part of the NSA as well as a uh, you know like in a chapter group. Been doing a you know a bunch for sh- sh- Schneider speech as well, yeah. um, and I guess just spending a long time in the the, the communities, being around people that stutter and kind of listening to them about how, uh, you know how they want this message to be put out there about acceptance, and you know I've helped that way for the last year or two as well. Um, and I think it's important to promote, you know, like a message that um, small gestures from other people that don't stutter can go a long way, you know, like to making a person feel accepted for who they are. And I think that's really important. Um, and I guess I didn't get always met with that when I was a kid. I was yeah. had a lot of bullying and a lot of... Um, insecurities about myself that I think also I created too. So I think um, the important thing for me is I wanted to kind of promote the example of what I want others to do and kind of how they can lead by example to create acceptance for people that stutter on top of them, the people who stutter as well, just being uh, courageous and not afraid to be who they are as well or speak and, the way they speak and what was it like to make and that a movie um it felt kind of like doing therapy in a way yeah. in a cool way because um i got to be me i got to share my experiences and kind of you know that the young actress and you know like the movie um sorry in the commercial she was not a person who stutters so i had to kind of like spend time with her and he just like listened to how i spoke and we you know i talked to her a lot about the experiences i had as a kid that age at school and what that looked like and how that felt and how speaking in front of people in a class like that is just the most excruciating event ever (laughs) and um trying to communicate that in my own way as well with not trying to speak perfectly and then having the people around me working that had no idea as well, they were asking me questions and being very curious. So it was almost like, you know, it gave me permission to just, you know, just advertise it and talk about it a lot, which was really cool. And, you know, uh, you know, like a lot of the people around me were really curious and respectful and asking a lot of good questions. Um, and I felt like they learned a lot too. And I was kind of like, Similar and like, like to that girl, like my own um, school. I was like, I like counting, I like how many people were like in front of me and everything, like, and like that. And like I found, and that the ways and like to talk was actually worse than actually talking. So, yeah, yeah. So, how did that piece make you feel? You know, like when it came out and you watched it, like, was it was it rewarding, or did you, or or, or you know, was it hard to watch? And I feel like I took and like positives and like from it because um and because everyone like around around the girl and when she was like talking and weren't like laughing or like 
over talking or am or anything like that to like with cool to watch. Awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, thanks for that. That's really good to know. And do you feel that being a fellow maker uh, like helps you emit like your stutter? Um, doing projects like that one definitely yeah. did because why, you know, using my art form as a way to express myself while also l- l- learning about myself in that was really a cool experience but just um in general i think um you know because the job i do is like everyone is always looking at you for answers and you're the communicator you're you're the you know you're the one with the vision i guess i'm learning more and more where i guess the whole thing with the communication i think it's making me a better communicator, but it's making me a better communicator with the way I want to sound. And I think that I'm trying to teach people that just because I stutter when I'm trying to communicate to you, that doesn't mean I'm nervous or it doesn't know, uh, you know, like it doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm intimidated. Um, it's just the way I sound. <laughs> I can just go on to like your own like experience as like a, stutter and like and what was growing up as like a stutter like um growing up definitely i mean i was a very positive uh kid uh i did a lot of sports acting um but when it came to my stutter i think i was um it was very it was very challenging for me there was a lot of bullying that i held on to um i think for me school was a hard place because I was always trying to find a place to fit in. And that meant, I think, changing a lot of who I was to try and get acceptance. Um, and, you know, like that even meant uh, me coming, uh, becoming a bully for a year. I remember that vividly because I, I was trying to appease them and trying to make it stop. And the only way I could do that was to be like them. Um, and, you know, I, you know, am I proud of that? No, but I think that's an important thing. I always talk about that when you're a person who stutters the, the, uh, you know, the pain of not fitting in is very hard. I found, um, so it was that kind of, you know, and then I tried a lot of therapy as well. None of it really worked for me. I did, you know, like a Maguire workshop. I did various speech th- th- therapies. I did hypnotherapy, uh, brain gym, all, all sorts of stuff that never really worked for me. Um, and um, yeah, it wasn't until about a year ago, honestly, about, no, a year and a half ago that I found this hey organization in America. And um, I worked at one of their camps for young kids who st- stutter and uh, found a community where I belonged, where they could, where I could talk however I want to talk. And they just, you know, just took me for who I was. And I never, ever had that before. I felt like I always needed to change or hide my stutter. I was very much in denial of it as a kid. I think it was easier to hide it and make tricks and talk around it as best as I could. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my journey with that. Kelly, I'm pretty, and like 
similar end to you because I, as I done speech therapy for about seven years, and like, and all of it worked. Like I went to probably ten different therapists, and they all taught me the same kind of thing, and and it does, and I think that they ever worked. And then when I got to the age of twelve, and my speech therapist at the time said like they couldn't do anything else, and like like harm me. So from the age of twelve up to last August, um, I didn't do anything, and like to be honest, this entered the help and my speech. It's me, yeah, yeah, like. And I took part in a course last August, and which was based around love, like acceptance and and avoidance and reduction therapy, and which is yes, and which was truly like a life changer, really. So yeah, that's amazing. That's I I think that's very similar paths, and you know I love to speak about this with people that have had similar experiences, and you know obviously the whole speech. Th- therapy didn't work for us and I know it does work for other people but um do you feel like the reason it might not have worked for you and me and and, you know I can only speak for myself but do you think that there um is like too much like of an emphasis of like overcoming or uh, uh, fluency oriented kind of like where it's this kind of like false hope almost that like oh you have a problem and do these steps and you will be free and then it kind of never comes I have for sure it was like the therapists and then I went to like paste all their and like, like techniques around like and like I like fluency and some way and like I'm making and it stutter and like I disappear because all I can remember and and like and what I don't I can like the therapy sessions were just like reading books or like or just like playing games but but but, but like none of it and was like talking about like how I felt when I might stuttering or how it like affected me so so that's probably why I never really worked and and like for a little bit of voice and for me it's like everyone to do and their research on like therapists and try to find the therapist and the best and like suits you because the and because that too and women that were like in charge of the course and they were and like they were like exceptional and like there's but like out in like the stuttering community and i could help and like um yuri has great knowledge and I don't like that topic. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So did you feel when you went to the acceptance course that you were almost like, you know, like I know when I went to the camp environment, it's, hey, and you know, that's complete acceptance model. Um, you know, like they encourage all the kids that come to the camp, all the staff, like I was staff, all the staff that are working there to meet the kids wherever they're at with their stutter. If it takes them 20 minutes to talk to you, you're sitting there with them. You're the best buddy. You're sitting there and letting them talk the way they talk. And I felt like having that environment and community, I'd never experienced that before. But when I did experience it, it was almost like there was this freedom there where I could just let my guard down and, I, and where I was just seen by people for the 
first time, I think, for who I really was. Like, it was almost like I was allowed to be me for the first time, like, you know, like where I didn't have to worry about, oh, are they, you know, do they like me? You know, what are they thinking about me? I could just be free. And I got like, it hurts a lot because, like, I mean, you all, like, have a stutter and we're all, like, and we all are, like, similar like experiences and that's like helped me like a lot and I feel and when I talk to people who stutter and my stutter isn't like as half as bad because like if I talk to a person that don't have like a stutter like it tends to be like way worse oh really yeah yeah I definitely have that too I think mine just kind of is random i definitely notice i'm worse in front of my parents too because i think that from a young age i was you know told to slow down a lot and breathe by them which you know that you know annoyed me at the time but i mean they're you know they're awesome that's just you know you know when i was a kid when i was like really in a you know trying to get words out and you know it kind of you know like annoyed them a little bit for the lack of a better word i know it didn't annoy them but the whole you know i think i've built up that kind of you know almost like a um you know like a pressure to be fluent around them which i'm trying to let go and that's why i think i'm worse around them but now i think i'm worse around them because i'm relaxed like i'm okay to just stutter around them i'm not trying to be fluent and i think that also when i'm relaxed about uh, around people i i stutter more now which is a which is a kind of a (laughs) weird thing but that's i mean it's kind of true because if you're relaxed and i'm not worried about what you you think i'm not worried about how i sound and i was kind of like palest and calling up because my two parents and both have a stutter oh your parents yeah wow and so, so they like helped me like a lot because, and they kind of acted as my therapists and a bit because as like, like as I said that therapists that I went to and never, and never worked or didn't help me at all. So, had my parents there for guidance or tips and like was, I went was like and great. Wow, that's amazing! I can't imagine what that would have been like to have that kind of support from the scenes that they could completely probably understood your journey too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I, I was speaking today with a few people this morning about, um, at a Schneider speech thing with Udi. Uh, yeah. Do you know Udi Schneider? I like, I talked to him like on this podcast, um, I think was the f- fifth episode. So, that's great. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was talking at um, an adult group this morning um, and we were talking about shame and how that's kind of like this, this kind of topic. Well, this area that I think is not talked about enough with stuttering and I think they should talk about it more if you're going to therapy, the whole like experience of hiding and you know not feeling good enough and um you know kind of beating yourself up and being ashamed 
to talk talk how you really are. And I think a lot of fluency-based practice is not actually dealing with that shame. It's trying to walk around it. Because if you're trying to be fluent, I believe, you know, that's, you know, like, okay, but I still think you have to deal with that layer of shame that kind of lingers down there. Because, I mean, you know, we've all experienced it, I think, to, you know, like a different degree, whether it be through bullying or kind of, um, you know, just being afraid to speak when we're younger how we are. Um, you know, I think that's like a really interesting, you know, kind of topic. Um, and, you know, I think it obviously is a bit more to do with uh, your earlier part of the journey. I mean, it can be, I mean, it can come up at any stage. Um, like, you know, I had a guy ask me my name in an Uber a few years ago and I couldn't answer him. I blocked on my name and he was like, oh, what did you forget your name? Like really rude. And I didn't have the guts to answer him because I was too ashamed to try to explain myself because I was worried that I would stutter trying to explain myself. Now, if that happened to me now, I would just explain myself no matter how I sounded because I'm at a different point. But right. I feel like there's those experiences where we kind of just close ourselves off and we don't let ourselves speak. I think that's where you get into the whole shame stuff. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's a big part of it. Yeah. But like I was just one other question about like Amir's stutter. And what, um, and what helped you to become like more like comfortable in like your stutter? More comfortable? Yeah. Um, I think what helped me be more comfortable. I mean, to be honest, but to be really, really honest, you know, like there are days where I'm around people that I'm, you know, like might not know as well or that I meet that I knew that I'm not, I'm still not comfortable with my stutter completely, like 100%. Like I'm really, I'm really comfortable talking about stuttering uh, and, uh, uh, you know, like talking to you and, and, community groups of my parents and friends and but there's you know there's a few days and you know they'll just pop up every now and again where I'll meet a stranger or you know a friend of a friend and I'll I'll observe myself slipping back into some old patterns of trying to be fluent or you know that whole like trying to trying to curate how I sound and look and so I guess it's an ongoing thing for me to be comfortable, completely comfortable. Um, I'm definitely way, 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 way more comfortable than I was say two years ago. Like I'm tall, like two years ago, like, you know, like, like in that big gap between when I was like 14 to 26, I didn't do really anything for my stutter it was kind of not really talked about. So I feel like the fact that I am talking about it, but I think, what makes me more comfortable, I guess, is me just changing my mindset of not worrying about what other people think. Like that is, you know, like not a thing that I can ever control. I've tried to control it a lot of my life by hiding my stutter, but now it's just kind of got to the point where it's like, that's you and just, you got to live each day being your truest version of who you are. And 
I think just letting go of that kind of worrying about what others think of you was a big kind of, you know, a big comfort for me. And I realized that's a pretty big step for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I think that's probably, yeah. Kelligan, what advice would you give to a person who um, stutters? What advice? Yeah. Um, I would say we're all at different parts of the journey and this is a lifelong journey. There's there's no, you know, there's no destination. There's no end game to this. We're always going to be learning. And I think, I think just being there for yourself on, you know, like days where you're more confident, but also days when you're, you know, struggling a little more. I think equally showing up for yourself and being your best, your own best friend on your, you know, you like on the days you're struggling and your better days. Like if you can do that on both of those, you know, days, like, you know, I, I think that's just the most important thing because you're no less of a person when you're having a day where you're struggling and you're no better of a person when you're having a day when you're confident. You're the same, like, awesome person just experiencing different emotions. And I think if you can just be your, you know, just be your best friend and love yourself for how you sound and how you are, I think that's, like, the most important thing that you can always do and keep asking yourself every day, you know, how am I talking to myself? How, what is, you know, what is the relationship with myself like? And I think that's one thing you always have control over. Yeah, for sure. And when I was doing in my research on you, like I've seen that, like you travel a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen on like your Instagram and like some like of like your pictures are like insane. Um, and, so Thank you, man. The, and so what was the best place I mean, you've been and so far? Oh, best place I've been to so far. There's two places. I went to um, a very special part of Guatemala last year uh, called Lake Atitlan. That was just incredible. I got to hike to the top of a volcano one morning, and that was just amazing. And then another place uh, in Europe I went a few years ago in the Austrian mountains to this little village called Hallstatt, where there's all these houses surrounding this lake with snowy mountains all around it, was just magical. I mean, I've never been to a place where you're just like, wow, like this is like magic on earth. Yeah, it was just stunning. I think I took, I think I took over 200 pictures there in two days because I just couldn't stop taking pictures. I like, and do you prefer to go like traveling like on your own or with like a group of people? You know what? I, I was just talking about this the other day. I've never ever been traveling on my own. And one of my best friends uh, from camp who I did the camp with, uh, he said, you got to go traveling on your own. And it's, it's a good step out of your comfort zone. You'll learn more about yourself. Uh, so I only know traveling with groups of people, whether it be my family or friends. Um, but I, you know, 
my goal in the next year is to do some travel alone and just give it a go. Yeah. I like and um what advice and would you give to a person and they want to travel and like and like for like a couple like a month? Um hmm. I would say I think be fully present when you travel is a real big one. Yeah. If you're going to places, get off your phone, get out of your routines, get out of your comfort zone and be fully like there because I see like I, I travel around a lot of places and people are so preoccupied with Instagram this, Instagram that. And I think there's, you know, like to me, there's nothing better than going to a place and fully immersing yourself, whether it's, in uh, you know in a local culture or a little town or out in nature i think fully being there and just like enjoying every moment is i think it's pretty underappreciated <laughs> and like you always like hear like of stories of like of people and like running and out of money and all that kind of things and when like they're traveling so like i'd say that is something and that you like plan a lot is it yeah budget 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 <laughs> yeah good yeah having a good plan and sticking to a budget that's also yeah that that's a, a, like a big one of you want to get to a lot of places and um yeah be creative with how you get around use trains buses and, and have some fun you'd make it an adventure and suppose and that's all i have to ask like is there anything that you want to add or ask me um oh i love asking this question i asked it to a a bunch of teenagers the other day actually who stutter if if there was to be a movie about stuttering what would you want what would you want to make sure is in the movie uh so that uh people could understand some misconceptions about stuttering so you know basically you know what would you want from your perspective or you know what do you think would it be important to be in a movie so that other people that don't stutter could learn about you know like some uh, misconceptions or what it's like to live with a stutter um suppose the one of the main ones would be is like you can still be successful and like even if you do have like a stutter so like i like if you bring in like these highly successful people like i don't know like like image and like pranson and and like and like house willis and all them kind of people but like i one like of the misconceptions like around stuttering are like you'll be like a quiet person and like and doing like and doing like things that won't like really make you and successful and whatever so so i'd say like if you bring in this lot of these people like it'll help like a lot i'd say yeah that's awesome yeah yeah i completely agree <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's there's a lot but yeah you know like those ones are really you know like important i think that uh people should know for sure because yeah it shouldn't really stop us from doing anything should it yeah i suppose and that's it 
Um, so like I thank you for coming on. I uh, like like it's very much appreciated. Yeah, it was great. I, I I really appreciate you having me. It was lovely to chat and hear what you have to say too. And um, it was great to meet you as well. I, yeah, I really appreciate your time. Hi.